0: A French delegation from the country's lower house arrived at Taiwan Wednesday morning. Headed by its Taiwan Friendship Group chairman François de Rougy, the group of lawmakers will pay visits to President Tsai Ing-wen and a handful of ministry officials. This is the second delegation from the French legislature following the Senate delegation led by Alain Richard in October. The trip marks the first time a European country has sent delegations from both houses of its parliament within three months.
1: A representative to France Francois Wu was at the airport on Tuesday to send off a National Assembly delegation to Taiwan. The trip follows a tour by a French Senate delegation in October. This is the first time that both houses of any European Parliament have sent delegations to Taiwan within three months. Greeting his host with an elbow bump, this is François de Rougy, chairman of the National Assembly's Taiwan Friendship Group. He arrived in Taiwan on Wednesday with five other National Assembly members from across the political spectrum. They are Frédéric Dumas, Jean-Luc Reitzer, Jean-François Mbaye, and Enna Kourich, members of the Foreign Affairs Committee. There is also Jean-Louis Bricou, who serves on the Finance Committee. They're here to strengthen exchanges between Taiwan and France. I
2: hope that this exchange in Taiwan will be between Taiwan and France, between Taiwan and Europe, and that it will involve
1: economic and cultural aspects. Joe Rouji has long been committed to deepening Taiwan-French relations. In 2016, he visited Taiwan and met with President Tsai Ing-wen. After becoming chairman of the National Assembly's Taiwan Friendship Group in 2020, he initiated a resolution backing Taiwan's inclusion in international organizations. It was passed this November by an overwhelming majority. During the general discussion over the resolution, the regime made an emphatic statement of support for Taiwan.
2: Le but de cette proposition de raison- The purpose of proposing this resolution is to recognize Taiwan's constructive role in international organizations and in multilateral relations under what we're all aware is a curious context in the Asia-Pacific region. It concerns the future of Taiwan, of course. It also concerns our future in that each and every one of us should not have to fear when we say, I
1: am Taiwan. Juma, who declared I am Taiwan in her speech, is also here. The delegation is expected to call on President Tsai Ing-wen on Thursday to present a copy of the National Assembly's pro-Taiwan resolution. The group will also meet Premier Su tseng chang Legislative Speaker You Si-kun and Foreign Minister Joseph Wu, who will host them at a banquet. It's also scheduled to meet with the Ministers of Economic Affairs, Health and Welfare, and Mainland Affairs Council. It will leave Taiwan on Sunday, which means it will bear witness to Taiwan's democratic process at the referendum the day before. The European
2: Union and Taiwan are allied on the important basis of their democratic values. The visit of the French National Assembly's Taiwan Friendship Group is proof of its support for Taiwan.
1: This is the sixth European delegation to visit Taiwan over the past year or so. It's testament to the warming relations between the two sides." Minister
0: Without Portfolio Audrey Tang has addressed the video feed incident that occurred last Friday at the U.S.-hosted Summit for Democracy. The White House is accused of cutting her video feed after she showed a slide that depicted Taiwan in a different color than China. On the sidelines of an event in Kaohsiung, Tang said the lost transmission was due to a technical issue that she discovered on the spot.
2: Minister Without Portfolio Audrey Tang is in Gaosheng hearing a presentation at a Smart Cities exhibition. She's apparently unperturbed by an incident days earlier, when her video feed was cut during Washington's Summit for Democracy.
1: So Asian green light on this year's Civicus monitor.
2: During her speech, Tang showed a map with Taiwan colored green and China in red. According to Reuters, Washington feared the different colors could be seen as contravention of the One China policy, and it urgently requested that the feed be removed. Some 10 minutes later, when the moderator returned to Tang, her video was gone, replaced with audio and a screenshot of her name and title.
1: About the digital public infrastructures.
2: The dropped video feed has raised uproar in its wake. A U.S. senator said it was a great insult to Taiwan and demanded that U.S. President Joe Biden make amends.
1: On Wednesday, Tang came forward to address the incident. In both the live broadcast and the video file uploaded by the U.S. afterward, the map is shown in its entirety. The summit involved a great many languages that needed to be translated and channels requiring interpretation. Therefore, prior to the event, I provided my presentation slides and scripts to the US in both English and Chinese. If you go listen to the Chinese language channel of the summit, you will find that the interpretation is 100% what I read in my presentation. So we had communicated with them about the content beforehand. The White House has denied the Reuters report,
2: saying it had not ordered that Tang's video feed be cut. According to a U.S. State Department official, the transmission was dropped due to confusion over the use of screen sharing in what was, quote, an honest mistake. Taiwan's foreign ministry has also blamed technical difficulties, emphasizing that Taiwan and the U.S. had already fully communicated over the issues.
1: Of course, after noticing this technical issue on the spot, I provided to the U.S. because I had my own video files. So I was able to immediately provide a link of my video to the official website of the Summit for Democracy. So with regard to this issue, it was resolved within two days. Tang said that the video released afterward was all original footage. But
2: even with the issue resolved, the lost video is still stoking speculation in Taiwan and U.S. political circles.
0: Taoyuan and Guam are now sister cities. Taoyuan Mayor Chen Wen-chan signed a sister city agreement with Guam on Wednesday during a virtual conference. The two sides aim to cooperate in areas including healthcare, tourism, education and investments. Today's signing ceremony was alongside the Taiwan-Guam Virtual Economic Summit.
2: Wearing a face mask printed with Taiwan blue magpies, Taoyuan mayor Chen wen signs a sister city agreement with Guam. The document was signed earlier by Guam's governor, Lu Leon Guerrero, and then mailed to Taiwan for Jun's signature. In a virtual ceremony on Wednesday, the two sides presented gifts to each other. Jen gave Guam's mayor an oil painting with traditional atile elements. He received a book commemorating the 75th anniversary of Guam's Liberation Day in an exchange marking the start of a long friendship.
1: I believe the sister city agreement will promote exchanges between Guam and Taoyuan in shipping and logistics, healthcare, education, tourism and business. I believe this is an important milestone, and we look forward to in-person interactions after the pandemic." Guam is now Taoyuan's 31st sister city overseas, and it's
2: 14th from the U.S. Only a mere 3.5-hour flight away, Guam has long been a popular holiday destination for the Taiwanese. Even as the pandemic curbs tourism, exchanges can get underway in other areas. Chen said there was great potential in Guam's aquaculture, commercial property and small businesses as investment targets. He also encouraged the people of Guam to come to
1: Taiwan for medical tourism. We're very honored today to become sister cities with Taoyuan. We believe in the near future there will be regular exchanges and learning from each other and that more people from Taiwan and Guam will visit the other and become good friends. Guam is the U.S.'s most
2: important military base in the Western Pacific. The sister city deal is another step forward in the Taiwan-U.S. relationship. It will also enhance Taoyuan's visibility on the global stage.
0: Authorities are investigating a potential case of COVID transmission in a hotel. It involves a Taiwanese woman who tested negative upon arrival from Cambodia and during quarantine. But three days after quarantine, she tested positive with a CT value of 12, which indicates a recent infection. In a hotel room adjacent to hers, a man in his 30s also tested positive. The CCC says it's possible that one of the two
1: infected the other. Going by the dates their symptoms appeared, it looks like Case 16870, who was announced today, had an earlier onset of disease than Case 16858, who was announced yesterday. Considering the layout of hotel rooms, the rooms do neighbor one another, so there is proximity. Whether there is any possible cross-contamination remains to be investigated.
0: The CCC says it will use genome sequencing to determine the chain of transmission. So far, it's identified dozens of close contacts, including 19 people who were part of one patient's tour group. Guests who were staying on the same floor as the two cases have been sent to other quarantine facilities. Let's head now to Yunlin for a look at innovative education. At Zhanghu Junior and Elementary School of Ecology, children regularly climb the local mountains as part of their schoolwork. They learn about local flora and fauna and develop a respectful attitude towards the natural world. Teachers say the kids' connection with nature will help them develop into more grounded adults.
2: The shouts of children playing ring out across the schoolyard, Teachers at Zhanghu Junior and Elementary School of Ecology are giving kids a warm up before their mountain hike. They'll be nice and limber for their trip up Dajianshan.
1: At our school, the mountains are right beside us, so we live in the mountains. Every day, the children enjoy the mountain scenery that is so admired by people who come here from outside, so they maintain a sense of being together with the mountain and they go walking in the mountains with a respectful and grateful heart. My name is Yao Chen Yu and I'm in fifth grade. Today we came up the mountain and I saw a lots of plants. I like sports, so mountain hiking is also training stamina and endurance, so I like it. This is outdoor education at Zhanghu
2: Junior and Elementary School of Ecology. It starts from the lowest grades and continues to the highest. Children learn to recognize animals and plants, allowing them to have a deeper relationship and understanding of the ecosystems around them. The final
1: task is the 100 Peaks Challenge. We did a survey three or four years ago. Most of the students had just under 30 minutes outdoors per week. They had about a thousand minutes on digital devices. Such a child has lost their connection with the mountain forest you notice that they will lose some abilities in their development as people. That grounded foundation of a connection with the real world. This is actually a really important part of the spirit of the 12-year curriculum of the country. Two-thirds of Taiwan's land
2: is deemed mountainous. For these children, the mountains are a natural classroom. They are taught not just by their teachers, and certainly not just words on a page. Through time with the mountains, their eyes are open to a rich world of natural wonders.
0: In the December 18 referendum, one issue at stake is the fate of a liquefied natural gas terminal project in Taoyuan. On Wednesday, the mayor of Xinzhou urged citizens to vote no to keep construction going as planned. He said that the Shinshu Science Park uses one billion kilowatt hours of electricity every month. A delay in the terminal project would jeopardize the stability of the park's power supply. Let's hear from him.
1: Completing the third LNG terminal on schedule is very important to Thai Power's 2025 energy targets and its ability to maintain a stable power supply. If the third LNG terminal is not built according to our schedule, we'll really have no way to supply power in line with our timetable. How will we deal with the shortfall on the grid? Because the shortfall will be significant. We get the third terminal up and fire up the Datan power plant. It all has to happen in order. If we can manage that, then we won't have a power shortage. If we can't bring them online in the near future, we will have to lean on some of the coal-fired units that we've dialed back, like the ones in Central and Southern Taiwan.
0: The chairman of Thai Power said that not having the terminal would lead to a shortfall of 13-point-7 billion kilowatt-hours of electricity. He said the shortfall would have to be filled by thermal power, which would require burning five million tons of coal. With three days to go before the referendum, the Central Election Commission went on an inspection tour of a Taipei polling station. The head of the commission and several lawmakers ran through a simulation of the voting process. On the big day, citizens will be screened for a fever outside the station. Those who don't pass will be detected to be directed to a special booth where they'll still be able to vote.
2: An election worker demonstrates each step voters should take on the big day. Outside the polling station, voters must first get their temperatures checked and hand sanitized. Today, a lawmaker asks if people with a fever can still vote. The four-in-one referendum is this Saturday. Ahead of the vote, Central Election Commission head Li Jingyong and legislators visited a polling station to check that everything was in place. They inspected the voting procedure and traffic flow. Before receiving their ballot papers, voters will be asked to take off their mask for an identity check.
1: Voters can choose how
2: many of the four ballots to pick up. Afterward, they'll enter a polling booth to cast their votes. There will be special booths for voters who arrive with a fever. But people in quarantine or home isolation will not be able to vote. After making their choices, each ballot should be inserted into the ballot box of the corresponding color. This is the first time that Taiwan has held a referendum separate from a general election. The Referendum Act does not prohibit the release of opinion polls on the day of the vote. However, it's illegal to interfere with or persuade other voters within 30 meters of a polling station. Using loudspeakers to create noise within 30 meters of a station is also strictly prohibited.
1: It's illegal to wear any accessories related to the referendum, including masks. But each campaign in this referendum has issued its own face masks. If on voting day there are instances that fall in a gray area, how will a determination be made? We will use the objective criteria of lived experience to determine whether an accessory is related to the referendum. Everyone who has been alive in this society should be able to know it when they see it. The CEC head said that steps would be taken to prevent the chaos that unfolded during the 2018
2: referendum,
1: which was held alongside a local election. The ballot boxes will be opened in order, but if a polling station has a greater number of votes, it will be allowed to open two ballot boxes at the same time. There were tremendous lines of voters in 2018. This year, there will not be such long lines. Ahead of the December 18th referendum, the CEC is poring over
2: every detail to ensure a smooth voting process.
0: Darley toothpaste is getting a rebrand. Starting next March, it will no longer be sold under the Chinese name which means black people toothpaste. Instead, it will become Darley haolai, the maker of the toothpaste Howley and hazel says that the new packaging will roll out in all chinese speaking markets darley toothpaste was first launched in shanghai in 1933. in 1949 Howley hazel set up a production plant in taiwan in 1985 american company colgate Palmolive bought 50 percent of it at the time the toothpaste english name was darky it was renamed Darley in 1989 after years of criticism for promoting racial stereotypes. One Song Orchestra's fourth New Year's Day concert is rapidly approaching. It will take place in the National Concert Hall again this year. The program is based on the travelogue of 20th century, century politician and activist Ling Xian Tang. The event will be streamed online and broadcast live on TV, so fans abroad can also join in the fun.
2: Music resounds through the auditorium. Huan Song Orchestra's fourth annual New Year's Day concert will once more take place at the National Concert Hall on January 1st. Every year, opera singer and living national treasure Tang Mei Yun has performed, and
1: this time her program is especially
0: poignant.
1: What the story is talking about is largely compassion, taking care of your family, tolerance, and respect. So, I think right now in the pandemic, what we really need most is spiritual soothing. I pray I can use the spirit of this opera and the lyrics, as well as all the marvelous melodies in the score, to wish the world blessings and wish Taiwan blessings. This year is the centennial of the Taiwanese
2: Cultural Association. The orchestra has created a new program based on Ling Xian Tang's travel writings from around the globe, a tribute to Taiwan's musical heritage.
1: You can feel in this program how Lin was not just having fun and seeing the sights. He was reflecting and thinking of his homeland on his travels, and looking at the conditions of each country he visited and worrying about his nation. You can hear all of that in his music. (laughs) Our standard of musical technique is high, but the content is different. It's connected to our Taiwanese culture and our diverse culture there's differentiation. In world music, we want to express our own unique qualities. The lineup this year is particularly star-studded. The entire concert will be
2: streamed online and broadcast on TV live, so that even Taiwanese fans who are stuck overseas due to COVID will be able to join the occasion from afar wherever they are.